Welcome to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team. I'm joined for the latest episode by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Matt Webb. After back-to-back league wins over Cardiff City and Burton Albion, the Rs have moved nine points clear of the bottom three ahead of the visit of Middlesbrough this weekend. We'll be discussing our 3-1 victory at the Pirelli Stadium and looking ahead to that Borough test. We'll also be catching up with Captain Nader Manua, whose return has coincided with an improved run of results. This is the Loftcast. OK, thanks for joining us. Um, let's start by looking back on the, the win against Burton Albion. Incredible, isn't it? Having not won for 10 months to, to win two out of three on the road. Uh, it just shows the... A crazy nature, I suppose, of, of the, the division that we're in. Um, but an important win since against Burton Albion. They were going into the game only six points behind us and they could have really dragged us into that relegation battle had they got all three points against us. It was actually a good weekend of results for QPR. Yeah, it was actually. But uh, I think, you know, you, you look after your own results and it was, you're quite right in saying, a, a, a huge game going into it. Burton's home form has been pretty poor, but going into the game, you know, they've won three out of the last uh, few games away, um, so confidence must have been high, but that um, no, was a, it was a great win. I think six points had separated, now it's nine, haven't got the, you know, so that little bit of breathing space, but um, I think after Saturday you can start looking up rather than the other way. Do you, do you feel how that's how big a win it was, that now you can sort of switch your attentions? It's, we're almost bang in the middle, aren't we? We're nine off relegation and we're, we're ten off the playoffs, although I have to confess it, it seems a while since I, I looked to see where we are in relation to sixth place. I'm not for a moment suggesting that we're going to storm into the playoffs, but it has been a case of looking over our shoulders over the last few weeks. And quite rightly so, and that's what a, uh, a poor month can do for you. You know, as, as we've seen, if you go five or six games without a win, or one point from six as we did, yeah. uh, you know, you, you're going to be looking the other way because I think we lost at Millwall just before New Year on the, on the Friday night. The Saturday, everyone won below us. Yeah. Everyone won, so suddenly you're, you're looking. But now you go from game to game, it's important teams in and around you. Uh, whether that's mid-table, top six, or in the bottom part of the table, like you pick points up of, of teams in and around you. When I say we can start looking up, we've still got to be cagey. You know, we, you know, we won away at Burton, fantastic. But uh, now let's put that to bed, if you like, and move on to the next game. Keep saying about individual performances. But as a team, got the pats on the back the other day, quite rightly so as well. But now we're as good as what we do on Saturday against Middlesbrough. And we'll talk about the individuals involved in the game against Burton Albion in a, in a moment. But just as a, a performance overall, what was your assessment of QPR's performance at the Pirelli? I thought it was really good. Um, you know, I thought we started. We started Saturday's game like we start a lot of games earlier in the season. On the front foot, you know, we could have been one up within 45, 50 seconds. You know, Young Ote's gone through. Connor slips him through. Um, doesn't hit the target but he keeps going and gets his goal which I'm sure would come on three minutes later Connor forces a an unbelievable save from Stephen mm. Bywater down low to his right so within four minutes we've had two really good efforts at goal and I think that showed the intent of the team set the pattern of the game uh, first 25 minutes I thought we dominated possession which was a case of what we were going to do with it and could we take the chances and uh yeah, as I say, overall, it was a bit scrappy uh, after half-time for 10-15 minutes, but overall, a great away performance and a great three points. Webby, Ian Holloway said in the lead-up to the game he expected Burton Albion to sit and look to catch us on the counter-attack. He said, I'd like them to be 
to come at us more. He said, but I don't expect them to do that. And he called it absolutely right. Mm, he was right as well. Um, Burton, I think they've had more success on the road this season. They play a 4-5-1. They kind of sit in and look to counter-attack. And they've, they seem to do better away from home results to prove that. But they seem to do better because, because of that style. But I'm sure Sins would agree. But we, we look like more of our old selves more earlier, earlier on in the season away from home where albeit we had harder gains, but we were on the front foot and, and looking to get at them. And um, I guess the difference was that we, we scored the three goals to get the three points. We did indeed, and Aramide Ote got us off the mark and got himself off the mark. His uh, first professional start and his first professional goal. That's how to do it. Yeah, fantastic. Delighted for him. You know, uh, what we're seeing, we're seeing the emergence over the last couple of months of some, some youngsters who are stepping in and when they're given their opportunity are taking it, you know, at least Cheers come in and done quite well. We've seen Paul Smith, the impact he made, uh, certainly against Cardiff, unfortunately was missing through injury that day. Uh, Aramidiote, you know, he's been dipped in uh, for a, a vital minute in the last couple of games, but got his first start and, you know, delight with his first goal. I thought the first 25 minutes uh, in particular, his sort of partnership with Connor. Uh, looking to stretch people, looking to get in behind. Their movement was really good, caused Burton all sorts of problems, and he, he, he gets his first goal. People say, oh, it wasn't one to remember. I'll tell you what, in 25 years' time, he'll remember it. Mm. Um, and as a striker, you know, <laughs> I've played with some decent strikers in my career. They'll take 10 of those a season, you know, the yeah. scruffy ones. It only has to cross the line to get your name in the paper, get you on the score sheet, and uh, put your team on the way to victory. So, delighted for him. Uh, I thought it was a well-constructed goal, you know, Darnell Furlong, who I thought was excellent on the day, played a key role in it, you know, uh, Josh Scoen picks the ball up mm. middle of the park, Darnell could easily take the easy option and pull it wide and look for it at the feet, but he threatened the back of them, uh, won a header, uh, puts it into a danger zone, and what I liked about the young lad Ote is, once it came into that, he showed real determination mm. and desire to get and there first and mm. bravery. Putting his head where, where I wouldn't put my feet. Takes a little bit of a stumble, but as I say... Um, He'll remember that moment, that goal for the rest of his life. We were speaking to um, Paul Hall this morning and he was saying, oh, he's spoken to Aramide after, after scoring his goal and congratulated him. And he was saying um, he missed a chance. He had a chance under a minute since it Yeah, really score. good chance. Yeah. Really, really good chance. But he said, whereas he, players, players might only get one chance, Aramide will always get three or four because of his movement, because mm. of the way he gets about and it proves that he got another one. Well, what did you make of his movement? Because... It's, Things like movement, I often think that um, former professionals perhaps see it more quickly than the likes of me and maybe Webby, where you sort of have that more natural, greater understanding and you can see movement. Even when they don't get the ball, you can appreciate their movement better than perhaps others can. What did you think? I thought initially in that first half hour in particular until... Um we got the goal and we didn't hang on we'll come to that in a minute but uh, the first half an hour the movement was really good and I think probably exactly what Ian Holloway wanted when he selected those two as a pair to play up front you know they constantly looked the threat behind Burton's back four, back four aren't the quickest um, but I thought we were constantly certainly Connor was always looking to, to get in behind get in between and I think they got that reward so um, now he can be well he will be pleased with his um, his first full start what did he get 73 minutes or something a goal in a uh, a really good and vital away performance so uh, he deserves a big pat on the back and uh, people often say that the most dangerous time is just after you've scored is, is, was that the case certainly is uh, I think I might have heard myself on commentary just groan oh no sort of thing you know because uh, 
as I remember, he's sort of got his goal and you're sort of celebrating. I was making a couple of notes and it kicked off and I just caught the, when they spun up the, uh, up the side and net him. And I just thought it was, a, a, it was a poor goal. We had enough bodies in and around, maybe just a lapse of concentration. And you are, and people don't quite get it, you are most vulnerable having just scored because your mind mm. or your minds as a team can race away with you. Um, and they caught us, what was it, 45, 50 seconds. And yeah, our fans were still celebrating, weren't they? Our fans were still celebrating. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> as a coach, they went after that. But yeah, as were. a coach or a manager, you know, you must be standing on the side yeah. and just, you know, must exasperate you what's, what you've just seen. Mm. But uh, fortunately, it, it, it didn't prove too costly. And Connor Washington, he's not been involved in the last five games. A great reaction from him. He, he's had to almost bide his time to get his opportunity again and not only his goal what did you make of, of his all-round performance I thought Connor on Saturday um, certainly that's the best I've seen him play all-round performance um, I thought he was excellent against Redden in the first game of the season there's a lot of games gone on between then I'm not saying he hasn't done well but he hasn't been as consistent as he would have liked the team would have liked hence he's been out on the side if I'm Connor Washington on Saturday straight after that game I would have been straight over to the club analyst and say Monday morning can you get me some clips and show me my runs today my movement today uh, my link up play today you know because he he put in a real shift which he, he always does but he put in a real good quality of performance got his goal but as I say um, probably if Connor as well he's probably he's been out of sight and there's various reasons for that you can dress it up as much as you want but He's been out the side. He's probably looked at a few youngsters coming in, playing up top. You know, I'll say Samuel played up top at Millwall uh, with pace. Uh, Paul Smith played up top against Cardiff and we saw what he did. And if I'm Connor, I'm sure Connor would have been sitting as a relatively experienced striker. I think, you know what, next time I get in, I'm going to have to do something because I've got these kids breathing down my neck and that's what you want from your squad. That's certainly what you want from a manager and that's what youngsters can do. So uh, I thought he played with... I wouldn't say anger, but uh, with a, a feistiness to his game and an energy to his game. And he was excellent, so, um, and probably that's the Connor Washington everyone was hoping we got and want to see more, and maybe that can just kickstart him. He was excellent the other day. I thought the goal aside, I thought his link up play was probably the, the best thing about the biggest improvement in, in his game. I think he was involved in all three goals. He played the ball back for Josh to, to clip over to Darnell he mm. headed back across goal for Ote to score the first obviously scored the second and he cuts back for, for Mass to score the third so I thought he was, that was probably the best part of his game aside, goal aside and also interestingly while he has been out of the team more often than not he has been literally the last player on the training pitch he'll be out there on his own he'll set things up and he's just out there everyone's sat having lunch and he's out on the training pitch on his own and this is you talk about how players react to disappointment of, of being rested like you say however you want to address it up he'll know he, he's, he's out of the side and he's, he's got to get back into the team and you talk about reaction and how a player reacts if you're a manager the reaction that Connor has given Ian Holloway is exactly what he was looking for the reaction was okay no problem I'll go out and I'll train more and then when my chance does come I'll be involved in all three goals score one of them Set one up directly, set up an, uh, another up indirectly, and help us to to a three-one win. He's also forced the keeper under a grace save, and he's also hit the inside of the post. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, so uh, so you see more of the training than I do, and 
I'm delighted to hear that because that's there's no rocket science if you're not in the greatest of form well you're not going to get it sitting at home mm. you're going to get it by working through things on the training ground whether that's on your own with some coaches in a group or whatever um, you know I listened to Alan Shearer on the match of the day two months ago yeah. and uh, they were talking about a player I can't remember the player in the Premier League going through a goal drought and they asked him as the finest goal scorer ever in the Premier League when you went through a, a drought what did you do he said worked hard on the training field came in on my day off when everyone else was off and that's what you that's what you have to do so if Connor's done that credit to him mm. and as I say I hope Saturday can really kick start and I'll say it one more time he was excellent Saturday great stuff and Masluongo wrapping it up and people have often mm. said the only thing he needs to add to his game to be the all-round complete midfielder is goals and he, he took it well yeah I think we made one change versus MK Dons in the cup uh, mm. last week and um, he was it and I think his uh, Ian Holloway said afterwards that his uh, his absence was kind of you know it, his absence did show and I think it really did show in our performance he, he was the one who got the ball and he, he moved it forward and uh, yeah I think we you could really tell that his inclusion did, did benefit us yep a great 3-1 win let's now get the thoughts of Captain Nader Manua <laughs> Nedham, thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. It's amazing how much better the world seems after a, a nice win. <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. Um, I think that's two league wins in a row as well, so that's, that's thought of rarity across here as well. But um, Yeah, we're, we're in good spirits. I think we're playing quite well and we're starting to get some positive results as well. Although we got knocked out of the cup, I think overall the form that we're in is actually it's quite positive, which uh, is obviously a good feeling. It shows the, the madness of the championship, doesn't it? How you can not just QPR, but any team can go through a run of just not being able to, to get a win to suddenly flipping almost full circle, beating a team like Cardiff who, who are flying high towards the top of the table and then going and getting an, another two away wins out of three when we've not been able to do it for ten months. Yeah, we weren't counting, but thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait until it ended yeah. before I brought it up. It's, it's crazy, but that, that, as you say, that is essentially what the championship is. It's, it's very competitive from top to bottom and you know, sometimes can be playing well and not getting results and sometimes can be playing badly and getting mm. plenty of results so I think as long as you just keep a level head and continue to try and do the things which you're being told to do I think in the end you'll find your way like even Cardiff that day I think they lost to us to lose four in a row but then mm. they went up a position because Bristol lost so I think that kind of sums up itself as well and for for you personally after the the time on the sidelines coming back how have you found that? Yeah it's good it's good to be uh, good to be fit again. Good to be able to compete on Monday through Friday as well as on Saturdays. Um, and yeah, this is you know this is what I've done for half my life now, mm. and it's good to actually be up for selection and be able to play in these type of games. And you know instead of just watching everything from the sidelines on Saturday, even though it, that really affects you, that feeling of helplessness is obviously the way with fans and stuff. It's uh, it's not something you could wish for now. Normally, a, a manager or a coach would want to make sure his player's 100% ready before putting him back in. From your point of view, were you mindful, as soon as I raise my hand to say I'm fit, I'm pretty much going straight back in because <laughs> there, there was a, a defensive crisis as well and, and it was a case of as soon as one of my regulars is fit, they need to go back in. You're out for three months and in five weeks you've played eight games yeah. since returning. Just timing, isn't it, really? You know, that's, that's the Christmas period for you. Yeah. I knew that, that if I was available around that sort of time, this might end up being the case. But I think based on the way that the uh, medical team and stuff have looked after me, it was never going to be a case that I'd come back into training if I wasn't going to be able to play in matches. 
otherwise it would have taken as long as possible and long as it needed essentially yeah. but yeah, I, was, I was always I was always confident that if selected I, I would be alright and playing centre of a three at the back anyway basically do the same distance as a goalkeeper so <laughs> <laughs> that's, where the, that's where the shouting comes yeah, in yeah exactly yeah. As long as you can saving shout your legs as long as you can shout everyone to come in and protect you then you'll be fine yeah Ned we've seen in the last sort of couple of months the emergence of a, a couple of kids who've been given their chance um, how refreshing has that been but also your role with the youngsters as the, as the captain and as an experienced player what, what role do you have with them um I think the way the direction the club's going, I think more moments and more players coming through have definitely going to be something that's going to happen more in the future. I think that was probably one of the reasons why I was selected as captain from back then anyway, because the, I think we needed to bring the average age down and stuff like this, and I knew that I I like to make people feel welcome. You know, I, I try and teach people um, things which are important on and off the field, and I think players that, like uh, Aramide or Ilias or Aberio or people like that when they do come in they're good enough to come in but they just need to know what is expected of them yep. I think as soon as you come into a side as much as you've been selected because you are very good at something you have to know your role within a team environment so would now. you go to them and have a chat with them and explain things or do you wait for them to come to you as a, as a captain and as I say an experienced player where do you it's getting that balance isn't it it is yeah I think it just um, for certain players it just depends like some, some guys are very good at just uh, getting into the team, getting into a squad, yep. taking part in training, paying attention to everything that's going on. But I think sometimes they can then start to not be led astray, but start to go away from what is expected of them. Yep. So you remind them, not necessarily through shouting at them. You just say to them, "Well, this is <clears throat> this is actually what you're supposed to be doing, and the reason for this is this." And I think when they understand the reasoning for some of the things that we do on a daily basis, you realise why certain people will finish their career playing like 800 games at the top level. Yeah. And some people might finish their career in the mid-twenties. Paul Smith said to us recently that he said, um, obviously he's now in and around the first team, and he said, uh, Ned Anu has been great in helping me to settle in. He's, he sort of told me what we do, what we don't do. And it was almost like, a, because I know you've spoken before about the importance of having the right culture in the dressing room and it's something you take very seriously and you, you take your responsibility as a captain very seriously and like we've said before it goes beyond 90 minutes on a Saturday it's almost that's probably the easier part yeah, of, is, of, the, yeah. of the entire week in terms of those do's and don'ts if you like what, what is that what is it that you're trying to impress on these young players um, I think for some of them it's the importance of being trusted by your teammates I think from when you can, everyone can make a mistake, say for example, something someone might be late, but the key thing is you're never late on a match day. They never late on a match day at all. Oh, you Would might. that anger you as a as a captain, as a fellow pro, if a player turned up late um, on a match day? It wouldn't necessarily anger me, but I'd be disappointed if the player knew how big a deal it was amongst the other players and they still somehow turned up yeah. late. I'd, you know, for as uncomfortable as it may be. There was so there was a time when I when I first came to the club, uh, I was stuck in traffic on like Fulham Palace Road or something like this, and I didn't really know about London traffic at the time. But I didn't move for four to five minutes, mm. so I left my wife in the car and I ran to the stadium. <laughs> Is that yeah. right? So that's how significant, how important it was that I got to the stadium <laughs> one time. I think as a player, if you get if you get to a stadium late, then there's no point expecting to be involved because the players don't think you'll be involved and it's, it's, a, it's a big thing. Uh, so, as I say, if someone is late, especially some of the youngsters, I'm trying to teach them why it's a big deal. You know? And as soon as you do lose trust of your, of your peers, mm. then there's not, you can't really come back from that. 
I'm just listening to that and you know um, I don't think you can stress the importance of senior pros or good senior pros in the dressing room certainly for youngsters who are coming into the side and into the squad because you know we've all been there a couple of games you read some headlines people want to pat you on the back but someone like Enedham and the and the group that can keep people grounded uh, and to to instill you know what I think we said about Paul Smith here they brilliant what he did but actually done nothing really because he's played one game scored yeah. the winner and it's just where you you, you you understand where you are, but you very quickly come back to a level playing field. And people like the skipper here, uh, as I say, I'm just listening. I think that's that's great that we've got that type of character in the dressing room, particularly when youngsters are now being given their opportunity. Yeah, and I think as well with some of the youngsters over the years here, I think quite a few people have played one or two games, mm. and some people have thought, you know, perhaps they have made it, whereas other people think they can carry on doing what they're doing and just continue to be selected through. Just um, I'm trying to. F- like it's justified like the thing they've played one game they've played yep. well so it's justified they'll play the next game yep. but that's not the way football works especially in a big squad environment mm. the way that you're playing doesn't you say in training stuff or on a Saturday doesn't guarantee that you'll be starting the next game so I think for some people a, re- a realisation that there's more to football than just it's real simple form from when you were younger yeah. goes a long way towards helping you make better decisions and understanding what happens at this early stage that, that they're in in their careers and also, also you almost have to protect them as well and not throwing them in playing week in week out when they are just young emerging talents who are going to have ups and downs yeah of course yeah. Everyone, everyone in an ideal world everyone wants to start playing when they're 17 and play till they're like 100 years old or something you know what I mean <laughs> but it doesn't tends not to happen that way I think the more information you can give to people mm. about the way football actually works at that younger age I think it will help them become better players on and off the field you've been at the club six years this <laughs> month which Crikey. Makes me feel old. Never mind you. That's QPR testimonial. That. It's been an incredible six years. In terms of your development as a player, how much do you feel you've developed in that time? Yeah, I think I've developed a lot. I think a lot of it comes through um, playing the amount of games that I have played. I've learned a lot of things from the different managers that I've had over the time as well. And it's just. Things like expectations and beliefs and styles and stuff. Every game you go out there, there's almost like a different feel, game on game. And it happens the same thing year on year and stuff like this. So I think you learn more about yourself, learn more about the game itself, how it works. And the, the, I think this, this year was a real, uh, had a real epiphany in terms of how, with managers, I think the big thing with them is their skill to be able to make a team play the way exactly how they want them to do it. But it's not just a case of a manager knows how to do it. There's some players that might need to be told differently. Mm. Like at uh, the start of the season, we are trying to work on a certain formation. And people at the back, we understood what was expected. But some people up front kept misunderstanding it. Yeah. And that is a skill in itself to learn how to do that. But then it was no surprise in my eyes anyway that the people at the back are the ones who've played for more years. Mm. And you understand how to take on instruction and stuff like this. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I've just... I've learned every every manager's brought something different, and I think I've learned something different from all of them. So as a consequence, if I'm playing on a Saturday, I've got the back knowledge of all the games that I've played previously, and all the information that I've been given previously, so that any situation that you come across, it's not stressful because chances are you've, you've been there before. When you first joined, players signed and the players here is quite a lot of experience in the squad. How have you dealt with the change to being the kind of figurehead in quite a young squad now? Yeah, it's a very young squad. Yeah. Um, it is, it is different, it's very, very different, because when I first came in, I think I was 25, possibly 26 or so, and I really was one of the younger players in the, uh, 
in the squad, but I learnt from the people that were around me. I was sitting next to Bobby Zamora, Andy Johnson, Lou Young, people like this, and I enjoyed being around them because you know they've obviously had very good careers and they know a lot about the game itself. Um, whereas now, you know, the people I, I like it in some ways because the younger ones they're far more enthusiastic than the older ones. The older ones will always work hard and play well, but they're like professional, professional. The younger ones are professionals that really love doing what they do. Like um, before Paul Smith scored, I asked him, oh, what's your celebration? And he already had one planned. He says, oh, I'll do a somersault. Like, oh, that's, that's really cool. Would it be a case if you go to 32 or say, oh, what's your celebration? Oh, celebration, I'll the score. You know what I mean? It's that, there's that sort of change in the, in the mentality. So it's, it's good to be around them. It's quite refreshing. Like when we play um, young VO games in training and stuff, you can see they're desperate to beat you. Who wins, who wins oh, the old tend to win. Yeah, the old we, we don't necessarily deserve to win, but we tend to win. We tend to find a way to win because we've always found a way to win. But yeah, just um, yeah, being around them it's, it is refreshing in some ways. Obviously, I can't talk to them about mortgages, kids, and things like that. But you know, on the field, it's it's good to see it's good to see the progress that certain people are making. And I think with some of the exciting players that we do have here now as well, I think it keeps you on your toes instead of always being in that situation where you play against the same people say week in week out year in year out and you just get used to just being in that sort of mundane routine of well this is what we do here this is what we do there well now you've got to learn a bit more because it's, it's a bit different you spoke about the likes of Bobby Zamora Luke Young is there anyone's experience and kind of leadership techniques you've taken taken tips from or is there any captains previously you've taken anything from um yeah, one or two, one or two in the past, yeah. When I first came through, uh, when I first started in my career, Richard Dunn and Sylvain Distan were captains, and they were the type of captains who would leave everything out on the field, and I was trying to encourage everybody. Mm-hmm. I think I found it quite I found it quite easy to come into football because I was playing right back at the time so that I could be in the side, but I was playing to the right of Richard Dunn, and I was playing behind Sean Wright Phillips the year before he went to Chelsea. So I didn't really have to do anything apart from just like just be there, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was, um, yeah, it was good, and they they were both real good professionals as well. And I was lucky enough to play with them again while I was here. So I think for me, the role of a captain and the best captains that I've had have been the ones who've been able to have everyone feel like they're included and an appreciation of everyone as an individual. You have expectations within the group itself. Yeah but every person individual you don't shout at everybody because not everybody responds in the same way mm. but however you if you spend time with people you realise what gets them to the next level I think that as I say that's that's the skill in itself which not many people choose to well not necessarily they don't have they don't find it important because they see things in black and white but you know every player is different every person in the world is different and it, before in the lead up to the Burton Albion game Ian Holloway said that he feels we sh- should really be higher up the league table and he said Perhaps people don't appreciate the injury crisis we have had to deal with at QPR this season with regards to the defensive side of the squad. And he also cited you as an example. He said, now that we've got Ned Manua back, it not only gives us his ability at the back, but it makes the players around him better because he's there. It allows people like Jack Rompson to be a bit more expressive going forward because we've got that security in Ned and behind him. And this season, when you haven't played, our win percentage has been 30%. When you have played, that has jumped, the win percentage has jumped from 30% to 44, which is quite a, a staggering jump on, on the back of one player being in the team. And obviously, you've missed enough games this season for it to be a, a, a genuinely comparable um, statistic. So it does highlight not only the importance of you to the team, but it does highlight. As a broader point, 
the defensive crisis we have had to deal with and, and the challenge that has posed? Yeah, it, thankfully we did have a, big, a decent sized squad at the time and people like Jack haven't been able to come inside and stuff and I think at times it seems as if they were, the manager had to not necessarily patch things up but he was putting defenders anywhere in the defence because you know that's that's what we're there to do but it's not necessarily people's strong points there. Mm. Like Jay Bidwell might have played in the back three but then he wants to be the wing back for example and he will go in the back three and he will do well but his real strength and you'll get more from him when he's, yeah. when he's further forward. I do appreciate the manager's comments and I think when, when I'm in the side I do feel I feel like I can let people go. I'm quite, I'm quite good at organising stuff, mm. so people can go and express themselves a bit more. Because you know, like I've I've not scored a lot of goals, but I've scored enough goals to know that I can <laughs> I can just stay back and just relax. <laughs> I've got nothing to, got nothing to prove anymore. <laughs> the halfway line is a great place to be sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's just just little bits of um, as I say experience and just understanding that you know even when you're attacking, you're still technically defending. I think mm. sometimes with the younger players and stuff, the mentality is oh we have to score, we have to score, we have to score. But there was a spell here. The club went out, literally getting hit on the counter attack every game for six months. So stuff like that sticks <laughs> sticks with you. To <laughs> <laughs> make sure you're always going. Scarred. Yeah, literally, you just need to make sure that you're always you're always preparing. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I say, it's good. It's very good to be back. Very very good to be back. And for the team to be playing well. Before I got into the team, was playing well. We might not have gotten as many good results as we would have liked, but we were playing well. And at no point this season when I've been playing has it felt like we've been in a crisis, regardless mm. of whatever the results have been. Uh, just finally, 11 points from our last six league games, which that over the course of the season puts you in the playoffs on the on the edge of the the automatic too. So it, it does show the the capability of the squad and how important is it now that this weekend we continue to build on this run. Yeah, this is the beauty of the championship. Mm -hmm. Stuff you can go through bad spells and stuff, but you have a prolonged good spell, and before you know it, you can start flying up the table or really getting away from teams. Um, like we were. But at some point we were talking about you know bottom three, bottom three, bottom three, and it's not to say that we're far away from that now. But a win over Burton puts us nine points ahead of Burton, yep. and with goal difference as well. Mm. And when you when you're sort of in and around those positions, you're always looking down, thinking, well, they could possibly catch you. All, yeah. all these teams have won, but Burton won't be thinking about us in the same way we're thinking about them. Mm. Because like I couldn't tell you who's nine points ahead of us because I can only see the team yeah, that's, yeah. that's one point ahead. So as I say, it's to be able to put a run together and to actually start accumulating some points it's um, in some ways it, it, it's, it's exciting you feel positive going into games and you know the fact we're winning away games means anything's possible doesn't it really it's a truly <laughs> incredible thing six years <laughs> winning away games it's time to be alive eh? brilliant thanks for joining us Nediment and best luck on Saturday thank you very much Great there, catching up with Nader Manua and particularly the, the statistic that really stood out for me there since is that, that win percentage with and without Nader Manua. Sometimes I think people don't appreciate the, the impact he, he can have on, on the, the team when he is back in that side. That win percentage jumps up from 30% to 44 when he has been in the side this season. And um, again, as a, as a former player, you're, you're probably one who, who can see the benefit of Nader Manua more than most. Certainly, can see the benefit when he's on the pitch. Uh, you know, you can't underestimate uh, experience, but the right type of experience. And we've just listened to him you know about the influence he's got off the pitch as much as on it. You know, and uh, certainly with the youngsters coming through, mm. that's key. That's vital. You can never have enough. I use the word good professionals. Uh, maybe it's not the right terminology, but good, solid professionals that youngsters can look up to, can go to. 
but also can be kept in check when they're because uh, experienced players very quickly pick up on youngsters if they're getting a little bit ahead of their station, etc., etc. So, uh, no, please, first of all, please, he's back in the side after his uh, his long absence. Came back a lot quicker than we thought, and that's credit to him. You know how fit he is and the work he put in and the gym and, and the training ground. So, uh, I think we're all delighted to see him back in the side. When you were a youngster and came to QPR from from up the road, who, was it Alan McDonald was captain at that time? Alan McDonald was captain at the time, and you know. Never get fed up with talking about Alan McDonald. Great man, great player, great leader. And what, what was he like in terms of introducing you to the, the group? So I remember you spoken previously about you sort of coming in and you want to have an impact. And like you said there the other night at the um, Stars of Loftus, Loftus Road event last week, that you thought, you know, not many people are going to know too much about me. So walking into a dressing room that had such big players as well as big characters, it must have been intimidating. How did Alan McDonald help you? I think personally from the first morning I got there he just came over introduced himself he didn't need to introduce himself yeah. you know I knew all about him um, but you know for someone like him to, to come across and say you know uh, congratulations well done relax just you know he actually said something that really stuck with me as well you know and I would say to any just do what we've signed you mm. to do don't don't try and don't be something reinvent you're not. yourself don't, don't try and uh, be something you're not so uh, so that stayed with me and throughout the years that I played with Alan he was someone that you could go to he was a bit like a minder on the pitch as well <laughs> but also you know a year and a bit later I felt privileged that a guy walked through the door called Ray Wilkins mm. who sort of as well as Macca really transformed me and not only me if you speak to other guys as a, as a character as well because Ray came down 84 England caps I played for all the big clubs in Europe, you know, Paris Saint-Germain, AC Milan, Glasgow Rangers, Manchester United, the list goes on and on. But for him to come in, the way he handled himself, the way he acted, the way he spoke, the way he treated people, I just sort of took me aback about it. Is this guy... Um, so he made a real lasting impression on me as a, as a person and a player, as well as Alan McDonald. Yeah, it shows the impact that what happens during the week can actually have on a Saturday for you because it helped relax you and, and bring the best out of you. Um, Middlesbrough then on Saturday, they're two points off the playoffs. Obviously, Tony Pulis has only recently gone in there. He's had four games in charge, one in the cup. He's had two wins and two defeats. And it's, um, it, well, it's, a, it's a big season, isn't it, for Middlesbrough? Steve Gibson, their, their chairman, said at the start of the season that you know they're looking to, to smash the league. He said, we want to go up as champions. The nature of the championship is, is very difficult. They currently find themselves, like I say, two points off the playoffs, so it's, um, I would expect, based on all that, they're going to come to Loftus Road and, and come at us. Well, going back to the statement from Steve, you know, who's been a, a magnificent chairman for a number of years, you know, a bit of a bold statement because the championship is so hard. Mm. Doesn't doesn't matter how much money you're spending, uh, you know, how big a squad you is, if you've just come down. But we've seen it, haven't we? What's happened there? You know, once you get really, it's uh, it's a really tough job. Having said that. I didn't think they'd smash the league, but I thought they'd go back up. Mm. Um, so they're a little bit behind where they feel they should be and want to be. But they're certainly in the mix. But they're, they're, they're not too far away, and we spoke earlier on. You know, they get a good month under the belt. Mm. Um, you know, but for whatever reason, since the start of the season, they've spent heavily. Didn't quite work for Gary Monk, who's a, a good up-and-coming young manager. You know, but didn't quite work for him, but still got quality in the side still capable of putting a run together that could get them to where they want to go and um, 
hopefully that doesn't start on Saturday. Yeah, and hopefully in the in the last few weeks we've shown we're capable of putting a run together as well with our points returned from the last six fixtures. And um, Webby, how important is that that on Saturday we we can keep that momentum going? I know we we spoke a little bit earlier, didn't we, about how things can look so differently so quickly and mm. looking at the league table um, doing the match report for, for, the, for the website on um, Saturday at Burton and looked at, looked at the live league, live league table and it said we were full team and we've been in our like, 18th position for quite a few weeks now and just makes such a difference I mean full team it just make, makes things look so much better doesn't yeah. it and you know we're pretty much the same points away from the playoffs now that we are we know, you know we're not the same we're looking at the playoffs but we're, we're realistic, but we're you know the, same, the the cushion is pretty much the same from the playoffs to the relegation yeah. zone. So it just the whole out- outlook looks so much better, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. And the confidence that recent run will give the players as well. Since and and like we we spoke before, and we spoke to Nedma about Ian Holloway has said, you know, you can't underestimate the impact of that defensive crisis we've had to deal with. And it is no coincidence that those players are coming back now. Obviously, Grant Hall is in and around. He's now with the 23s, building his match fitness. We've got Ned Manure back. James Perch is now back in and around it as well. We've almost discovered an extra centre-back in Jack Robinson, who had never played there professionally, but was needed to do so and has absolutely excelled. But all of a sudden, there is that solidity about us. Yeah, you got your key or some member key personnel back, uh, which for any side, whether you're QPR or at the top end of the Premiership, you know, makes a makes a big difference. Every 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 club, no matter what level you're playing at, will have what you consider key players and key characters. And we've been missing a few all in one department of the team, so it's going to have a uh, an effect on. Just starting to see the back of that now, and maybe we can we can kick on a little bit. Important to stress, you know, we're we're coming off the bat of a good win, but we've we've had it before. You know, we beat the top two in October. We beat Middlesbrough and Sheffield United in the space of four days. Mm. Then went on a poor run. So, you know, the, the the consequence of putting a good run together is winning your next game. So we won that one. Put that one to bed. Now learn from it. Take your pats on the back. But get them. What are we Monday afternoon? Get down to work again and start planning towards beating Middlesbrough or getting a positive result against Middlesbrough. And that's how you. Uh, yeah, you stick runs together and you stick points on the board. And so I was going to say, I think the important thing is that when injuries got quite bad, we were coming away from this three-five-two that started the season so well with. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. It just seems. I think it's quite clear how you know the good performances and the good results this season have come from us playing that system. And I just think it's clear with the personnel we've got and everything like that that you know that that is the way to go. When you know when things got really tough, we went to, to you know injury-wise went to playing four at the back and trying different things, but. It's clear that this one works best for us, you know. Yeah, great, great point. And hopefully, fingers crossed. All of a sudden, if you're Ian Holloway, you're looking at your your team and you think, well, I don't want to change a winning team. Paul Smith, will, if he's fit, will probably have to make do now with a place on the bench. And, and all of a sudden, the manager's got positive selection headaches rather than I'm a player short here. I need to find another defender in the building. <laughs> That's exactly what you want as a manager and a coach, you know. Where then you have got tough decisions to make. But uh, as I say, hopefully, uh, I've probably never seen anything like it. All in the one area of the pitch, uh, central defenders all going out at the same time. Uh, we seem to be touching well over that now. Let's hope from now to the end of the season we get a, a full bill of health. We can get what Ollie wants to, or pick what he wants to put out there rather than what he has to put out there if that makes sense and let's get a run going and see where it can take us great stuff you've been listening to the Loftcast have a great week fingers crossed for Saturday and we'll be back again soon